Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I'm so glad you're here today because we have such an amazing guest with us, Irene. Irene is a former nuclear engineering major turned executive coach, helping CEOs elevate their purpose, peace, and overall profit so they can keep growing their companies while maintaining their well-being. After going from being severely abused as a child to finishing university and building a successful career in nuclear engineering in two countries, she discovered she was doing it all wrong with an exhausting fight to survive mindset. Experiencing some profound spiritual epiphanies and coaching numerous entrepreneurs worldwide since 2011 when she established Entrepreneur Enlightenment Inc., she devised an easier way to achieve success through reinventing their business, becoming powerful, and getting the enlightenment edge. She is the author of Entrepreneur Enlightenment, a guide to establish your purpose-driven business where she combines practical business strategies with spirituality and love to create a thriving business. Thank you so much for being here today, Irene. It is such a pleasure to have you. And I would love for you to just dive into your journey, how you got here today, and then we'll go a little bit deeper. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. I have been on a long journey and I grew up in Romania, which is a communist country. And I grew up in a bit of a dysfunctional family. So I was abused as a child, Mm -hmm. but I learned how to survive and I learned how to kind of plow through and work hard. And I made a success of myself. Like I went to university, I did engineering, and then I built a career in nuclear engineering in two countries because I came to Canada after (laughs) after my five initial years. But then I had some spiritual epiphanies that led me to the journey of starting my business and being a coach and working in this in this understanding the human nature, what makes it tick and how we can do better in a way that is not burning us down. It's not like, it's not burdening us, but in a way that is uplifting. Yes, absolutely. And I so appreciate you sharing that too, because I know you have gone through a lot in childhood in particular, and just how much success you've had. Can you share with us how your childhood experiences shaped your journey as an entrepreneur and executive coach? And I think, you know, like every pain, if we solve it, then it becomes a blessing. And this is the, what happened to me in childhood is driving me forward into making an impact and working with more people and supporting Because what I've learned very early in my coaching career was that I was not a unique case. Many people have been abused in a way or another. And when we're not aware Mm -hmm. of that abuse and the fact that we have to solve it, to heal it, to identify it and release it, then we go through life the way I went half of my life, just white knuckling and and having that strength and determination, but it was not a ease and a fulfillment. It was more like I have to survive. And now, after I discovered that I needed to heal that, mm-hmm. and that is needed, like everyone needs to do this journey of releasing anything that had been traumatized them. Right from childhood to become the person that is at peace, that is enjoying life, and then is thriving, not only surviving. Mm -hmm. No, that's so important too, I think, because a lot of times you're in that survival mode and you can't get to even thinking of these great ideas and the creativity flowing because you're just like, I need to get to the next day or the next moment and how that can really be taxing carrying that. But it just shows your resilience of everything you've had to overcome and going straight forward of, okay, I'm going to go to university. I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to go in nuclear engineering and then coaching and all of these things that you were able to accomplish 
But what were some of the key moments or realizations that led you from that transition to a successful career in (laughs) nuclear engineering? So my first was like when I was a teenager and I was told like I'm a woman is not as good as a man. Uh, You're good for nothing. All those labels that took me years to remove from my mind. I had this a bit of anger, not a bit, a lot of anger, Mm -hmm. but I had that, like, I'll show you like a chip on my shoulder, which did me good because my father wanted me to become a hairdresser, Mm. right? So I had to be stubborn and you don't tell me who I am and nobody has a say and I want to go to engineering. And I went to engineering and, and I went to electrical engineering, which is uh, maybe four years before they didn't even allow women in mm-hmm. so I went to the hardest engineering that there was at that time wow mm-hmm. and as I had succeeded so as I went to university and then I succeeded and I, I ended up on top and I want to tell you in high school not in high school like in medium school eight to grade eight to twelve uh, grade five to eight I was last in class mm. like the last child you know yeah. like the one that is the loser uh. like so bad that uh, a teacher told my best friend mom to not let her play with me I was the last in class oh my gosh because of the family situation you know all the fights mm-hmm. and and stuff and I just I just didn't know what to do. I didn't want to study. My parents never came to school. But what I was lucky, my mom had like a, she loved books. It had like a big library. So I studied nothing, but I read all the books. And I think that, and it was like the classics, you know, we read like really good books at that time. And I think that motivated me. And I also believe I am here for a big purpose. And I think I was protected as well. Yes. And I love that you shared that story about grades five through eight and just how you might have been last in class, but a lot of that had a huge part of that was your environment. And but what you were able to overcome too and prove that you're capable, more than capable, and getting into one of the hardest programs of engineering as well. And just how you really surpassed that. And a lot of what you were mentioning just prior was that aspect of purpose, peace, and overall, just the profit for a CEO in particular, what you transitioned from engineering to then executive coaching and leadership and those kind of aspects of executive coaching. I'm just curious, how did you discover the connection between spirituality, love, and practical business strategies? Yes. So I was to backtrack a little bit. So then I finished university and then I went and found myself a job myself in a country where all the jobs were for men. Mm. So I found my job in nuclear engineering and I did really well, like from junior, I I advanced very quickly. And then I came to Canada. Mm -hmm. And again, I had a career in nuclear engineering and I was doing really, really well. And through this time, I didn't, I thought, you know, I'm crossing the ocean. There's no worries about what happened to me in the past. I am successful, like nothing really matters. Okay, it's past, it's done. But what I discovered through a spiritual epiphany Mm -hmm. was that I was doing my life wrong because I was white knuckling and feisty and fighting. Mm -hmm. So when that awareness came to me, and that was the year where my father passed, and my father was one of the abusers that I had, it kind of opened me up to all the wounds. Mm -hmm. Like everything I thought, it doesn't matter. They all came rushing in. I was emotionally distressed. I was, so then I started to search for answers. And some answer I found through coaching and through, I took strategic intervention coaching with Tony Robbins and also family therapy with Chloe Madanes. They were doing a program together. And so some I found through that. And some I found through intuitive healing 
like a healer who would work with me and will discover those conflicts I had from childhood. Mm-hmm. Like the part of me who was really strong and the part of me who was really scared. Yeah. But I never acknowledged the part of me who was really scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I had learned that, so I had a good business mind from my corporate career because I went the leadership route. So I went through section head and I became manager and I, I ran that as a department, as a business. So I had that. But then I saw that we do need to address our internal struggles through the coaching and then through the spiritual epiphany and through what I've learned by working with an intuitive healer, I learned that that's also a component that we have to understand our bigger purpose, what's hidden in our energy field. So that's why when I'm offering, like what I'm offering and how it evolved, it becomes business strategy, personal transformation, and enlightenment, like spiritual understanding. And spiritual, it's not a religion. It's like people can be of various religions. The only, the only uh, requirement is that they believe there is a greater force, yeah. a greater uh, being or whatever you want to call it. I call it the universe just to stay away from, from <laughs> labels. Yes. No, it's, it's sometimes good to stay away from labels, but I think it's just that energy too, whatever you believe in. But I, I love what the transformation happened for you because it did open up a lot of wounds when you were in engineering and you were in corporate focused on your career. And then as, when you did move to Canada and your father had passed away, all of those wounds came out, but you did something about it. And I think that's so key there of understanding, doing the work un- relieving that pain and everything that's been built up that we might have not even addressed or know on how much it affects us because we're like, well, we just got to go and in survival mode versus let's actually sit here and be in this, not stay stuck, but understand what's coming from it and how it's expanded in our lives and how we can really relieve that because that is so much to carry. For successful people, I want to be very clear. Like I was very successful and I worked with people that are very successful. So it's not for the wounded people that stay home and wallow. Like those are for high achievers. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you made that point because a lot of times it's masking it, right? Because you are super successful, but there's so much underneath that you're not paying attention to, but it's all these other things that you have achieved and people are looking at that and you're looking at that versus like, oh, I'm not going to touch that. I don't want to even look at that. I don't have time for that. But realizing when we do that, it creates more balance within. You feel more relieved because you're not carrying the weight on your shoulders anymore and you're acknowledging it because once you acknowledge it, then more things start to come. Yes, but it's harder to live life with all this pain unexplored because that's why people sometimes retire and they have health issues like it it creates problems in the future I think the sooner we can solve those the better it is absolutely I think that's a big part of it just addressing it and I'm so curious how do you incorporate the the elements that you do teach in your coaching and your teachings with your clients so when so when I work with someone First, we look at uh, their purpose, right? Because that's Mm -hmm. like the spiritual part. Because I believe you can run a business. And I believe, you know, you asked me the question before. Because I was successful, when I started my business, I didn't start my business to struggle. I always started my business to kind of have the same level of income and more. Mm -hmm. And when... We can run the business two ways. We can run the business putting the money first or putting the purpose first. I believe in putting the purpose first mm-hmm. and, and using our uniqueness to create what we want to offer to the world. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a, a spiritual component, but it also has to do with our background. So for example, because my background was of being abused, mm-hmm. My purpose has to do with putting the knowledge I have into my offer. Mm-hmm. Some other people, let's say they were raised into their parents' business. 
So some of their offer to others could be family driven business or that every one of us had a certain experience. And when we understand what is uniquely us and we put that into our offering, then there is no competition. There is like, we feel we have value. We feel that there is something we can uniquely offer. So I put the purpose first. I love that. That's the spiritual part, but it's also the healing part is that personal transformation. And then I use the business strategies that I know from corporate because I have like a big background. I used to project manage 15 projects at the same time. So I use that very down to earth, very strategic way of running a business because a lot of the people I work with are kind, loving people that would just give everything and would do anything their clients ask and they are not having a structure and a strategy. So I bring that to to the table. And the profit, of course, I know how to read Excel spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. And another piece of where spirituality comes and understanding is when my clients need to make critical decisions, like sell the business, like big decisions that are impacting their business structure or their business future. Mm -hmm. That's when I... I teach them how to use both logic, you know, my engineering brain and the intuition together to make the best decision that serves their highest good and the highest good of their clients and the highest good of the world. Mm. I love it. And it, it really is those two elements, the logic and your intuition, because big decisions that can change everything. One decision changes everything. So being able to use both parts of your brain to really come to that conclusion of, okay, this is the next step I'm going to take. But I love that you really incorporate those elements into your practice and with your coaching clients and everything that you are doing. And I know that you've written a book called Entrepreneur Enlightenment, a guide to establish your purpose-driven business. And with that book, can you elaborate on the concept where it came from? I know it's part of your work, but if you could elaborate a little bit how it helps entrepreneurs. Yeah. So the the book is exactly what we talk is this idea that we can be on a spiritual path and run a money-making business because people think if you are spiritual or kind and loving, you know, sometimes we can replace spiritual with kind and loving, then you're not money-making. And if you're money-making, that means you're a heartless person mm-hmm. that's, that doesn't care. But I believe the world will be advanced by the kind and loving people. Yeah. So I believe that we can be on a spiritual path and make money. And also I made a definition for what it means to be an enlightened entrepreneur. And it contains like three parts that are very important. One is that we know we have a purpose. Yeah. And that purpose matters mm-hmm. because you know business is hard right and yes. sometimes <laughs> like we want to throw in the towel but if we have that knowing that my purpose matters like what i do in the world matters you can say i'm a coach right so i can say well there are thousands of coaches in the world so if I'm not connected with my uniqueness and my purpose, I could say, well, who cares if I coach or if I run away with the circus, right? But because of the uniqueness, and I have seen people who are kind and loving and they have like similar traits with me, I feel if I would not exist, like those people would not have what they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's number one, that our purpose is important. The second part is that we have the skills mm-hmm. and everything we need to fulfill our purpose. Because a lot of people, especially that come from a background like mine, that they have been abused in some ways. And some people didn't have a dysfunctional family. They have actually maybe a kind, loving family but they were told so many times that they are wrong, that it's still some sort of abuse in a way because they were not allowed to develop who they were. And 
people like me and those people that have been stifled, they lack that self-confidence. And you will, if you saw me, you would say I had 100% confidence on the outside, but not on the inside. Mm -hmm. And that confidence that I have whatever is needed to carry on my purpose. Mm -hmm. And I am equipped. Yes, our purpose is going to grow us and it's going to push Mm -hmm. out of the out Mm -hmm. of the comfort zone but we have what it needs to carry. So when when we have this awareness that our purpose is unique and it matters and we have whatever it takes, then we can carry on a business with authenticity and with not apologizing if we want to make a sale and I'm sorry, I have to sell you something. It's it's Mm -hmm. not like this is who I am. This is what I do. And I think I can heal. Mm, I love it. So beautifully put, because I do think a lot of times people in the beginning, the confidence is there on the outside, but internally you could be feeling like you're crumbling or how you approach a situation. But I think when we go back to our purpose and it's aligned from the inside out, it just radiates out. And just like what you're talking about too, when you're talking about what you do, you feel it, at least I feel it and your energy around it because it is your purpose and it's so aligned. And I think a lot of people struggle with finding what aligns with them because they feel like, oh, well, I have to do this or I have to do this. Or like what you were saying too, they were stifled growing up. Yes. And there are two things that I want to mention best. I want to say what you say. We all, even if you're at more advanced stage, when we go to the next stage, then there is more about the confidence. So at every stage, like I'm going to my next stage now and I'm going, oh my God, am I equipped to do this? Mm -hmm. So at every stage that confidence is required, people believe that something is their passion. Mm -hmm. They cannot make easy money. It has to be hard. Mm. So for example, like I really like teaching about enlightenment, Mm -hmm. but when I went to work with bigger businesses, Mm -hmm. I was thinking I have to speak like in a way that it's more corporate and it appears and any way I put it, it didn't work. Like anyway, I was trying to make it, you know, some more corporate, Mm -hmm. it just it didn't work. But when I come from, I teach how to become enlightened through your business and how to be aligned with your purpose and how to have inner peace. I It works. Yeah. Caught into that. We get caught into that. I have to make it in a way that people like it and I cannot just do it the way I like. Yes. And I was thinking when you were saying that too, because a lot of times people will stop themselves from being their authentic self because they're like, well, I have to fit into society of this is what works and love how you put it because I think it just makes so much sense when we show up as ourselves. So many more things happen. So many more opportunities happen, but there's such a disconnect sometimes where people are so afraid to show up as themselves. Like I know I was when I moved from psychology to coaching to solar each time, what you were saying too, every time we level up, there's that little imposter syndrome that creeps in. We're like, no, I got this, but it's that confidence of it's something new. We've never done that stage, that level. And that's okay. It's uncomfortable, but we know we're on the right track. It's just, you got to kind of maneuver with it, but you're going to get there. It's just believing in yourself and having that confidence is look at everything you've already done and then focus on, okay, this is just another step. It's taking it step by step. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I know part of what you do is executive coaching as well. We were kind of touching on that, but what are some of the common challenges or obstacles you observe CEOs facing when maintaining their well-being while growing their companies? And how do we overcome those challenges? Yeah. So the first is something of what we talk. They are kind, loving people Mm -hmm. and they take everyone on their back. So They build a successful company, they hire people, and instead of the CEO to become freer, to Mm -hmm. have more time for their unique brilliance, 
they become burden under all those people. Like I'm, there is a book uh, about don't take your, the monkey on your back. So I'm seeing like putting all those people on the CEO back. Mm-hmm. So now they have responsibility, not only for the clients, but they have responsibility for their team, you know, to be paid, to have work and, and to figure out things for that. So it starts to burden. Mm-hmm. So when I work with them, the first thing is to remove the burdens and make each person independently capable to fulfill their role. Mm-hmm. We do reorganization based on skills. Like I, 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 there is third-party personality tests that we do to, based on people's strengths and also based on the team purpose because each person in the team you don't have to be only a business owner to have a purpose like each person has a purpose Mm -hmm. and some person purpose could be to support the CEO to the best of their ability right Mm -hmm. so the first thing I do is this to remove that burden and to create space for the CEO to grow while maintaining their well-being so you said it right Mm -hmm. because to grow, you add more people, but if you add more people on your back, I mean, those are powerful people, high achievers, but everybody's back breaks after a certain amount of burden. Mm -hmm. So becoming powerful and becoming, claiming their power. And again, it seems like a paradox because those are high achiever, powerful people, Mm -hmm. but it's a different way of power is if you know the book power versus force Mm -hmm. is, is not force. Like I have to pull it through or I have to drag everybody. It's power in a sense. I know who I am. I know what is needed. And I expect people to do their work. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I hear them fire their CEO or, or reorganize and let go of 20% of their team and bring other team members. But this is one of the biggest impacts because the person who build the business, they have a vision and a mission. Mm-hmm. And if they become bogged down in no time, yeah. they cannot fulfill that. So the moment we remove responsibilities that are not theirs, then they can mm-hmm. implement a new strategic plan. And I help with the strategic plan as well. Implement new ideas and new ways of doing business or new markets or whatever that business is about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's so important what you said there too, of just taking the monkeys off the back, you know, and like, I was just visualizing that as you said it, because that can really take away from the mission that they're trying or focused on accomplishing. But if everyone's doing their part, you can have so much more growth and more time to take care of yourself in the same time, if you're, unless you're taking on so many different jobs or departments, but having a strategy in place. And sometimes that does mean letting go of people that are not pulling their weight because it's not aligned with the mission because everyone's pulling their part. Everyone has a purpose in that process, but if they don't aren't uh, fulfilling that, that can really be damaging to the company and to everybody's well-being as well. Yes. And what I teach, it's loving. It's loving to let a person go if it's not a match because the most unloving thing we can do to another human being is to be resentful Mm -hmm. so i in my life i try like i i try to have not that i try i actually make a point to have relationships that i'm not resentful because when you become resentful you attack energetically the other person so if somebody is not working out in a team and you're resentful, like you say, oh, they are late again with the report. And like, that's that's resentment. Right. It affects the other person. And most times, like I think 99.9 of the times, that person also resents. Mm-hmm. And that person also feels they could be better in another place. Yeah. Because I feel all of us 
need to find a place where we can strive, where we can go with love. None of us want to be in a situation where they're put down or somebody says, oh, you're not doing a good job. So it's always loving Mm -hmm. to look at each relationship and see, is this a relationship that is mutually agreeable and it works? Mm -hmm. Or is it better to part ways? And I also feel when we evolve energetically, when we up-level, Either people grow with us or people grow apart from us. So maybe, because this is what I saw, there are people, employees that they started with eight years ago. So the CEO feels a loyalty to that person. And that person did very good work for the company. Mm -hmm. But it's not a match anymore. Right. And that has to be acknowledged and be grateful for the time that it was a good time, but then you have to acknowledge when a relationship comes to an end. Yes. I think that's an important lesson too. And when you were saying that, I don't know if you've read the book, The Power of Love with Aranda Byrons, I believe is her last name, but she talks about this of like what we put out there and how we approach things, whether it's the grass or a human or a situation, but how, when we give more love, we receive it. And that changes the dynamic, what you were talking about, the resentment if we're giving resentment, that's going to come back to us as well, because that's the energy we're putting out there, but it can really be damaging. But I love what you said about the um, CEO and the aspect of working maybe eight years together and how people can grow apart. And I think that's just part of life. We serve a purpose even in each other's lives. And sometimes you just have to go your separate ways at that time. It's not that you don't love each other anymore or don't like each other, or it's just not the right match anymore. And I think that's part of that growth spurt that we have. Not everyone's on the same journey till the end with us, but we get to have these great relationships and being grateful for the time we do have with somebody whether it's professional, personal, any capacity. And I think that's so, so important because I've learned that lesson time and time again, (laughs) Um, because, you know, you want people with you all the time. And sometimes it's just, you have to go your separate ways, but I would love to hear maybe an inspiring story or examples of CEOs who have successfully implemented your strategies and experienced remarkable transformation in their business and their personal lives. I'll share my client. The client that stayed with me the longest was uh, five years. She stayed with me five years continuously. And the transformation was remarkable because when we started, she was this CEO that was overburdened by the team, like working really hard. And I think she had a little bit of anxiety, like she had a little bit of loss of sleep and stuff like that. So in the first part, when we started to work together, we did this, like we reshuffled the business, restructured, put in place uh, team leads and, and really found space for her. So she was able after a while to take Fridays off, not to go and eat bonbons or, but to do personal development, to do work that she needed to do. But it was a Friday that she was not in the office. So she didn't have to put up fires for Mm -hmm. others. So that gave her back her well-being in a sense because there was no more this high stress you know like when you feel like you're choking and having that Friday to herself and we did continue to do personal transformation then we noticed that her personality and purpose was calling her some places like she was really in love with entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. so much so that she did a lot of the things in her business that were actually good to do it external for other entrepreneurs rather for employees. Like she had Mm. a blueprint for success, something like that. So we noticed that her purpose was calling her to actually work with other businesses. Mm. Mm -hmm. So with that understanding, we said, what if, you sell this business yeah, 
And then it took a while, you know, to organize the business for the sale. It took a while to do all the emotional work, internal work, because I, and she had that business for, I don't, let's say 20 years. So it was not like a new business. It was like a established business, mm-hmm. multi-million dollar business. So it was not easy, like, okay, I let go of this business, do another business. It was like a process of, understanding and wanting and clearing and everything so she sold that business very successfully during the pandemic which when the pandemic started we thought like this is not going to happen yeah but we worked at it we worked both emotionally strategically spiritually and she's she's an overachiever she's like was my dream client because she would implement everything we would discuss like in two three days they were implemented so she was really strong Mm -hmm. so we were like a good team together and we worked through the pandemic and that business sold successfully like with a very good what she wanted more she got a contract out of it and then we started to put it together like her business and now she's in her new business What an amazing transformation. And I love that you shared that story. I know you have so many, but I love that you worked together for five years and just her own transformation and doing the work. I think that's really vital where you can have a great coach, but if the client isn't doing the work, then what's going on? <laughs> you know, it's, but a I, team. it's a team effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it sounds like you work so well together and she was able to do the things she wanted to, but she really in that process found there was a bigger purpose for her outside of the company she had successfully been running for 20 years, which is a significant amount of time. But I love that you talked about the emotional work too, because a lot of, I don't, I don't really hear about that often of how much it, what it feels like when you're selling a company that you've worked so hard, you've built for a long, been in business for a long time, but what does that look like? The emotional work. It's a it's a very key component. Yeah. Like people don't understand how important it is because oh I have goosebumps. Even like one of the tasks we had was and it was after the sale mm-hmm. was for her to write an eulogy mm-hmm. for that business. I have goosebumps because yeah. We need to learn, that's what I'm saying. We need to learn to process our emotions, our traumas, and we need to learn to grieve. Yeah. And when you had loved the business and she had like huge success in that business, like she had 90% client retention, 90%, which was like unheard of in her industry. Mm -hmm. And we need to learn to grieve. So it's not just a number. And I think that's the difference between the business that is done based on dollars and numbers, but no emotion. And that's mm-hmm. the difference I bring. When we look at the emotion, you build that business. It's it's your baby. Mm-hmm. And we have to grieve. We have to understand mm-hmm. the, the letting go. It's part of life. Mm-hmm. So the emotional component and also when because she didn't want to sell it to anyone. She wanted to sell it to a loving person because she cared. So all this work is required in order to, because I feel we first have to let go energetically of something. And then it happens in a physical world. And I'm not saying there are many people who sell a business based on number, based on accountant, based on the lawyer. And and they do it and they do it well and they have money, but the emotional component is still inside of them and is not resolved. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I totally agree with that because you know grief is not just when you lose somebody. It can be a business, can be a friendship, it can be a lot of different things. But we're not taught how to grieve growing up at all. And it's a very messy and it's very different for every single person. But I think bringing context to you can be grieving something that you enjoyed and loved and you're letting go of it, but it's so hard sometimes to let go of something emotionally. You can physically let go of something, yes, but 
it does linger. And there's still a lot we don't know about the brain. I mean, there's more we know about the brain, but how we all receive that information is so different and unique to us because of how we process things. And I think it's just important to recognize that we need to process it. We need to talk about it and not hold it in because that's going to come up in different ways and different forms. Physically, sometimes people get sick, like physically from it or just yeah. mentally too. And I think it's important to continue the conversation and continue to bring light to that. That's why I love that entrepreneur enlightenment too. And everything you embody is so key in everything you do, but what you're helping other people. And I'm curious, what advice would you give an aspiring entrepreneurs who are looking to establish a purpose-driven business and make a positive impact while maintaining their own well-being? The first thing is to know your purpose. Yeah. And to connect with that purpose, like to, to really deeply feel a connection and to remember you backwards, mm -hmm. to remember like when you didn't know what you know today and to feel that empathy for that person that was you that was struggling then and how much more wisdom you have now and know-how and tools, whatever the person does. And, and this is valid, like I'm not talking only about coaches. I'm yeah. talking about any industry right. because you know how to do something now that you didn't know in the past and maybe you could have used that. So knowing that you make a difference and you showing up is making a difference in the world and holding on to that when it's really, really hard. And I know business is really, really hard and we never make it in a sense, like we never, there is no such a business nirvana. Like I, I did a good business, then I lost 80% of my business in two months, then I had to make it again. So it's never like coasting in a business, but if you hold on to that purpose and also I feel, and I want to say this, don't get caught up into the, marketing strategies that are out there from people that already are famous mm -hmm. because I've seen this many times where people invested tens of thousands of money to copy one of those marketing from a person that is already famous Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work because when you start up, you have to use different tactics for, for a starting up. And when you have 10 million people on your newsletter, yes, implement those tactics. But if you have three people, then you cannot implement successfully. So I say use your brain to make decisions on what works for you. And quick money schemes usually don't work. Like we need to put in our intelligence and build a business mm -hmm. in an organic way. That's my belief. Yes, I definitely agree with that too, because when it is organic, you're going to attract your tribe, the people that are meant for you to serve. And if you're copying somebody else's marketing strategy, it's not aligned. And that's what we've been talking about this whole time too, is the alignment of what your purpose is and everybody's purpose is different. It could be similar in some capacities, but ultimately doing what feels right and aligned and like what you talked about earlier too, the logic brain and your intuitive brain and bringing those together, merging it and understanding what's going to be best for you and your business, because every business is different and you don't want to copy somebody else's because it's not going to be true to you and what yeah. you're doing. And so how do you continue to grow and evolve as an entrepreneur and an executive coach? What are some of the practices or habits that you personally prioritize for your own purpose, peace, and profit? I meditate every day. So I'm not like I'm really on the enlightenment path. And I explain in the book, enlightenment is not like at the end of the life. We can be enlightened in moments of time. Like we can be here and be at peace and be enlightened. The idea with the enlightenment is to make more of those pieces together so we can be enlightened in a longer period of time. But I introspect a lot. I journal. I, I have four journals a year of those 200 pages. And I meditate and I uh, pull oracle cards too. Mm -hmm. And 
I feel guided by my purpose. So I was telling you that I'm doing a big shift now. Yeah. I am moving to an equine facility because part of my purpose always I felt is to make an influence in abused children's lives. Mm-hmm. So in order for, and I felt totally imposter mm-hmm. in this journey. So it's it's a big jump. So what I do, I come back to that purpose. Like if I didn't know that I am here to make a difference in people who have been abused, mm-hmm. they could be youth, which is the not-for-profit that I'm uh, starting, but and, but could be adults like the CEOs and business owners. Right. I know that, that that's why I'm here. I know that's why I survived the sexual abuse. And I want to say I've never taken one pill, like mental mm-hmm. pill, and mm-hmm. I've never been to therapy like the uh, classic therapy. Mm-hmm. So I handled myself having been sexually abused uh, emotionally and physically, I handle myself only with what I shared. I made myself well. Yeah. So I know I have a purpose and that purpose drives me. I meditate and I get guidance and sometimes it's scary and I have to sit with it. And then I have to put my logical brain and see how is this, possible sometimes I get answers that I don't want to hear Mm -hmm. and then I say okay so if this is my path how is this make sense and and then I work through that so I usually I seek clarity once I have the clarity I can figure out the next steps but if I don't have clarity I'm not at ease Mm -hmm. I'm not at ease at all yeah. If I'm confused so, and I sit with it until, and I ask questions like on the paper, I ask mm-hmm. questions, is it in my highest good to A, mm-hmm. B or C? And then I, that's how I teach people. Uh, and that's one thing I wanted to say about my five-year client, because she's not my client anymore, but she now knows how to use her intuition, her skills to make her decisions. And she made some brilliant decisions since we haven't been working together. So I take those decisions and I put my logical brain and my intuitive Mm -hmm. and then come with the one that is clear and it moves me forward Mm -hmm. into my purpose. Yes, and I think that's really key as well, just the clarity piece, because when you're confused, it's hard to make a decision that's going to be best for you, no matter what it is. But I love that you said too, where what you did to help yourself wasn't maybe the traditional route, but I think that's so important for other people to hear. Not, It's not a one size fits all. Not everything is going to help everybody, but recognizing that you were able to work through it and find the tools that you needed and strategies to help yourself. And now you get to help so many other people and your nonprofit that you're creating as well. I think it's such a beautiful thing and giving back to the little girl that needed that when you were a little girl. And now you get to help so many more kids. And I, yeah. I appreciate that, that I got chills when you were saying that earlier as well, but I think that's the biggest thing. It's having tools in your toolbox that work for you and you add when you know this feels right, this can help and putting it there. And just speaking of tools, what are some of the tools you've used to build your business? One of the best things I had was my corporate background, right? So I knew strategy. I knew you need a plan. I knew you need discipline. I knew you need to work and be at work and not be fluffing around. I knew you're not going to do this as a hobby, as a business, as a hobby. So I always did strategic planning Mm -hmm. and goal setting. Mm -hmm. Like this is a must and everybody can do it. I mean, you can hire someone, but even anyone can make a strategic plan. Where do I go? how to break it down. And I use Excel spreadsheets. I don't use sophisticated software because I'm not patient enough to learn, you know, (laughs) this and that. And I use simple things. Sometimes I use pen and paper and (laughs) I put my thoughts down. So I have like what projects are there to be implemented this year. So I have like an Excel spreadsheet with the projects and then what actions need to be taken in order for me to get to that level. Mm 
So this for me is a number one tool, my to-do list every day, mm -hmm. three goals. I think it's simple. It's not an app. It's not a software, but this is really what we need to know the the where we the destination in order to know how to get there absolutely and it's writing it down and I, I love what you said earlier too that you have four journals a year that you go through but i think it's like pen to paper can be so powerful i don't think it's utilized as much because now we have all this tech that we can utilize but i think pen to paper is so key, but having that clear vision of where you're going, writing down the steps, what you need to do, having an Excel sheet, keeping it very simple. It doesn't need to be grandiose, but really focusing in on what's important. And what would you say are maybe like two or three tips that you can give entrepreneurs that are on this journey that you've learned along the way? Believe in yourself. Uh, believe in your purpose. Know that you are important to the world know that you're making a difference keep going there is no such a fear don't compare yourself with others with other businesses because we all have different backgrounds like i felt so much unsuccessful i cannot tell you how many times i feel unsuccessful but people that are looking at me they think oh i'm so successful and sometimes i feel unsuccessful but how can you compare because I had to deal with all those issues and to resolve them. Mm -hmm. And how, like those things you cannot measure, like you cannot, it's not a distance. So always feel successful in your own way, in your own world and not compare with others, uh, colleagues that you started together or what not, because that takes you backwards instead of forwards. Well said. It really focuses in on your journey is unique to you and you can, it's easily able to compare to other people, but at the end of the day, your journey is unique to you and the things that you've had to overcome to start thriving versus surviving. And Irene, it's been such a pleasure having you, but where can people find you, use your services? We're going to link everything below, but if you could let us know too. So Entrepreneur Enlightenment dot com is my website and i like people to download the free resources of the book because it's seven videos so i think that helps of course you can get the book on amazon and irina mihaila you can find me on instagram or linkedin Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your beautiful energy with us and everything that you've overcome to get to where you are and continue to just shine your light and enlighten everybody as well. But thank you so much for your time and energy today. My pleasure. You had beautiful questions and I really loved answering them. Oh, well, thank you. And make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Irene today? I'm sure she would love to see that and we will see you on the next video.